Hey, you there, man? What's up, dude? What's up, man? <laughs> what the fuck is a speed? Oh. It's just a nickname. I don't know. <laughs> you never heard anyone call me that? No, man. So you're... Oh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got Spizo and then QRE. That's your new... <laughs> your new Facebook messenger. <laughs> Oh, yeah, QRE. I fucking forgot about that, dude. I don't even know how I did that. Oh, QWE. I'm sorry. I think it's hilarious because I've been texting you back and forth in your QWE now. I changed my nickname to something like that. I accidentally, and my cats do things on my iPad, too. One changed, like, one of my conversations with a friend to, like, like, just our messenger chat theme is Gay Pride. Okay. So, like, every message comes up, like, rainbow-colored. I, I don't know how to turn it off. It's super annoying. That's hilarious, dude. And changed it on their end, too. So, hmm. like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I did that. Okay, well, hey, either way. Uh, Are we, like, recording? Are we, like, going right now already? Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Oh, okay, I mean, okay. I, can, I can edit something, but I think this is already oh, off okay. to a good start, so we might as well just roll with it. No, it's all good. So, uh, welcome to the first remote uh, barcast. Nice. Yeah, and this you is hotel. doubly remote because I'm not at home because uh, I can't be home. And then I'm also not at the bar, which is not at my home. I am sitting in my truck in on this campground that I'm living at. And uh, you are in the fucking land of the rising sun. Yeah, man. I'm out here in Japan. <clears throat> I, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stuck here right now, but I wouldn't be going anywhere anyway. I've been here over a decade now, man. Yeah. You've been there a long time. So yeah, I mean, it's fucking 9 PM while I'm in California and then it's like what one. Yeah. It's one in the afternoon the next day here. The next day. Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking trip that is. Um, so no, it is. Yeah, it is weird. I one of I one of the things my... I wanted to fucking. I haven't, you know, I saw you. What was that? A year or two years ago when you came back, I got to briefly see you. You've seen me one Twice? in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Yeah, and then before that was uh, Long before time. you before I, you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gone like six, seven years. <laughs> I I didn't come home for like six or seven years. So that. it's always like really fun to talk to you because so much of, you know, like, you know, we, we have kept up a little bit, but it's, it's always neat to talk to you because so many of our memories are so dated. And, uh, yeah. one of the things that originally drew me to you was like, you would, you know, we're friends with my brother, Tim, and then you had like disappeared for months and then came back. And like, I remember everyone being blown away because you're like, dude. I fucking disappeared and just smoked weed for months straight, and I know how to play every Nintendo song on the Casio keyboard. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't every, and Nick Kristoff taught me. Well, like, whatever uh, it was, you had yeah. retreated to a cave 
and then emerge and and it was like every nintendo game we had ever played you're like yeah, i can play that on this double a battery fucking casio keyboard <laughs> that all that all goes to nick Kristoff. nick Kristoff taught me all of that uh he oh, that's started interesting yeah 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 nick, nick's the one who really got into the nintendo songs on piano and then i was just like oh man you gotta teach me and i was living in tahoe then right and, uh up uh, above king's beach and uh yeah i got a piano and then nick came and stayed with me for like a month that may have been why it seemed like i disappeared too because i was living in tahoe sure but I, but I would always come home because it's only two hours away yeah, that's the the myth versus reality thing. But it was it was. Have you noticed I was living in Tahoe? <laughs> yeah, you just fucking disappeared for a long time. Yeah. Oh man, so I was like, because we're evacuated because of the fires. I you know picked up my Nintendo Switch is one of the few things I grabbed, and uh, I popped on the old Nintendo online, and so like all of yesterday, I was playing the first Star Tropics. Oh yeah, I played that. That's fun. It's like a little. And it's... Zelda. Yeah, it's very much similar to Zelda. Like you have a heart system for life, and there's dungeon crawling, and there's puzzles to solve. But it's that game came out in 1990, which is 30 years ago, and it was like strange for me to go through it. And I'm playing it now. Like I'm a fucking full grown adult. Like I understand games. I know how they're built, and I've played plenty of them. But it's so brutal because like there's so little forgiveness, and that game in particular is like, oh, yeah, you want to get to the next place? Well, you have to walk into that wall that has no, like, no way of telling you that that wall is different from the other walls. And you just have to walk through a wall that seems like you can't walk through it. And that's how you have to get to the next part of the level. And that happens all the fucking time. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that game too well because it's been like 30 years. It's, yeah, yeah. It's been so long. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't play it when it came out, but I mean, I played it like it's still been like 15 years since I played it. I Your main it. weapon is a yo-yo. Yeah, it's a yo-yo. And like, I think it's so silly weapon. to go back. Like the game starts and they're like, hey, your uncle's disappeared and you're a good pitcher. Uh, so take this yo-yo and then go fight these monsters. That's literally how the game starts. I think that's the weapon in the Goonies game, too. Oh, okay. which- which is funny because they it's at, the Goonies game in the U.S. was actually titled Goonies Two because <laughs> they had released the Goonies game in Japan and then they decided to release a second Goonies game and released it in America and they re- released it in America also, but huh. they decided to call it Goonies Two and dude it it, it fucked up all our brains as kids because Goonies Two is pretty popular and we were all like where the fuck is Goonies One? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot Didn't of know. that Man. strangeness. Like, it's it's funny to to play the old stuff to see like how far. Just just the stuff like where is the first one? There is no first one if you live in. There is only the second one, like that that strangeness. Like it's, I guess streamlined is kind of a better term for it. You know. I don't know. My English gets kind of shitty sometimes. <laughs> you seem pretty good, man. Like you'd have been, you've been out there for more than a decade, and every every time I talk to you, you seem 
crisp and clear and incoherent. That's, so crisp and clear hasn't been something my brain's aimed for my whole life in many ways. So <laughs> that's good. Very, very appropriate if anybody knows you. But uh, yeah, no, you do good, man. You still got it. I so try. I'm, I'm definitely slow. I, I definitely slow down. Like, if you if you put me in the U.S. for like a week, I'll I'll get up to speed a lot faster. But like, yeah, I I don't really hang out with. Uh, well, on a regular basis, I hang out with no native English speakers here. Like in my town, besides my wife, there's nobody I hang out with. And then I hang hmm. out, you know, and then I skateboard. So I hang out with a bunch of skateboarders. And people would think like, oh, they're into something Western or something like they'll know English. But no, dude, they're skateboarders. They all fucked off in high school. And, <laughs> you know, they're all like fucking turning wrenches and shit. So like they don't fucking speak English. So what's the skate scene like out there? Oh, it's fucking sick where I live. And I lived in Tokyo before that. But now I live in the south of Japan. Okay. On uh, Like mainland Japan is four islands. The bottom island is called Kyushu, mm-hmm. and I live uh, about 40 minutes outside uh, main city, well, the fourth biggest city in Japan, which is called Fukuoka. Okay. And not many people know it, even though it's the fourth biggest. But uh, Yeah, I'm one of them. My fucking cat is distracting me, dude. He's hella heavy. I'm trying to push him away, dude. <laughs> iPad. Like, he knows that it takes my attention. Fuck. He's trying to yeah, rename they... your username. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the skate scene out here is rad. I got, I got lucky. I live in this town called Kudume, and it's right next to this town called Yame. And it's like, dude, it's just like a perfect place to skateboard. Hmm. Um. Dude, just a second. I got to get my this fucking cat out of here. Dude, it's all good. He's fucking my life up, man. <laughs> He's hella heavy. Dude, this cat is gigantic, dude. Uh, he decides he's going to try and sit on you. There's nothing I can do. You see it. <laughs> grab this. Grab, grab how I can say. Huh. No, is that no, Yuki-san? No. Yeah, it's Yuki. What's up? Ah, uh, she can't hear you. That's okay. Oh, she can hear you. All right. Oh, man. Dude, he's fucking... Dude, he's huge. I don't know how many... <laughs> he's like a small dog. And he got taken away from his mom too early. Okay. So... He he's like eight years old, but he still tries to nurse on you. Like he that's won't interesting. Do, like if you have anything that's like a fuzzy piece of clothing, like flannel or a blanket, he goes all in, man. That is too funny. And like that's too much, dude. I can't I can't be trying to talk to you while dealing with like a giant growing wet spot of cat drool on you. <laughs> that's not gonna work out. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. The trials and tribulations of cat ownership, man. Yeah. Hmm, that's too funny. Oh, yeah, but anyway, the skate scene out here. Yeah, the skate scene's dope. Like, but, I mean, 
I definitely have to give it up to a few people for like making it that rad. Especially this guy Uchi that I always skate. He owned this shop called Grande in my city. And man, he had a mini ramp indoors inside the shop, wall rides, like ledges to skate. Like, but and never charges shit, never charged shit to skate there. Did that for like a decade. Damn. And now he's moved out like 15 minutes away from me to the other city. And dude, where he has his house, he just built an entire skate park. That is awesome. Yeah. And that's right next to a bar. And I mean, it's (laughs) just like a, it's just like a legit skate shop. Like, I don't know. I mean, most people probably aren't like, it probably doesn't mean much to most people, but if you're like really into skateboarding, like you just want to go to a skate shop that sells skateboards. Right. Like is about skateboarding. Like I like, that's the kind of skate shop I want to go to. Like, like if your shop sells a bunch of other shit, like surfboards and snowboards and fucking whatever scooters and shit, like, no, like we're not on the same level. Like the guy trying, trying to, to make a buck versus the guys yeah, running a skate shop. Yeah, like he puts like he puts it back into the skateboarding community. And then there's another That's indoor cool, skate park I worked out here near here. And uh they're cool, Switch Park. Hmm. Yeah. So there there it's I don't know, it's fun. It's nice. It's still a little bit I mean the Olympics have legitimized it in America too a lot but there's still that feeling of being a little bit of an outcast yeah out here it's and also what's good about it is I'm 39 and Japanese people don't age like Americans so like my <laughs> friend, my friends out here still skate yeah that's like, crazy in America most everybody quits or slows down yeah it's like 19 when you get a car skating that's like 90 percent of people yeah and then the other yeah they're just all skit they're just all skinny they're not fat and ruining their joints like i do but i skate anyway (laughs) i'm fucking blown away that you still skate because it's such like an inherently dangerous activity uh that it's you know every year that passes i think more and more people get out of it for that reason alone but like there are so myself included, there's so many people that get into skating moderately because it's faster than walking. And I think those are the ones that get phased out when you get your fucking driver's license. And then some people hang on for a little bit longer because it's fun. It's a training, but you eat shit or, you know, you fucking break a wrist four times or you, you break an ankle or twist an ankle. And it's every year you, you lose an exponential amount of people from the sport. And so there's not, I mean, yeah, well, I don't first know, of hardly all, anyone that skates. Insurance. Like in America, if you don't have health insurance, I don't know how the fuck you would skateboard. Yeah, okay? that's where I'm because, at. Because you're going to break shit. Sure. I live, in a, I live in a country where healthcare is pretty goddamn cheap. So I can get away with a lot more, you know? I can, I can have surgery on my tailbone for a couple thousand dollars. Damn. You know, couple couple grand. That's all it was for. That's crazy for two weeks in the hospital, surgery, everything. 
that is bananas. It's it's twenty grand to get a ride to the hospital here. I'm not going to it anymore because of COVID, but um, like even things like massage and like uh, all sorts of treatments are covered under insurance. Like with my with my health care card, I can get a massage for five bucks, like a medical massage. It's you know what I mean. Like they're gonna stretch you out. Sure not like a massage parlor you can't go there you have to you have to go to an actual like i don't know what you'd call them massage there i don't know what do you call them what do you what do you what do you how, how you how you english that matt <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that we have massage a, a therapist i think differentiation between the two because a massage therapist here is just a person that is trained to be a masseuse yeah. um but Someone i don't with a license yeah, which which is cool for it. <laughs> most people around here, but I don't know. There's so many different kinds of different things. But like, I have a moderately bad back, and I found out a long time ago that if I buy good shoes, my life is way better. And if I get a massage, even if it's like a bad massage, the occasional massage, like my life is just better. And that was like my. I started off with like the uh, foot reflex reflexology thing. And it's like a full body rub down, whatever it is, 45 bucks or something. And then I started like stepping it up and like getting into people that are actually trained and know what they're doing. And then somebody rubs me down like, oh, you stand on your left foot too much. And oh, I can tell that you have back problems and you don't stand straight. And you get these people that can read your fucking body by how your, yeah. you know, back That's looks. That's how you know and... the good ones is they'll start calling you out on shit that like you forgot yeah. about. Like, like oh. oh, is there something wrong with your shoulder? Like, oh yeah, I got in a car accident like seven years ago. I, you know, I right. And then you'll be like, oh, this one's smart. Masters All of the craft, dude. And then they they make a huge difference in in just everyday life. And for me, that was a big eye opener. Like getting a rub down every few months can just make my daily life better. Uh, yeah. You don't. I'm not think a doctor, about it. so I probably shouldn't be talking about it. But I I'm guessing like it increases your blood flow a lot, which increases like healing for injuries for me, which is important. Cause I'm, I've got everything injured all the time. <laughs> right. 39 and still skating. Yeah. You're probably broke as fuck all the time. Oh, last time I saw you, I probably didn't even say anything, but you remember when I came and I borrowed the car? Yeah. I was driving. Yeah. Like, uh, I, my, both my thumbs were broken and my ribs. Both of your thumbs? Both of my thumbs. That's <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. If I don't uh, know both your thumbs are broken, I probably wouldn't have given you the car. They were he- they were mostly healed. Mm. But um It's like being yeah, mostly it, dead. It was just it was just like cracks. It wasn't like full break on either of them. But Damn, it was definitely cracked. Yeah. Definitely cracked. Because I can, I've done it so many times I can tell the difference. That's fucked up, man. That is one of 55 reasons that I got out of skating. Oh, yeah. And breaking your thumbs is rough. Like, I, I couldn't play video games for, like... That's 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 the worst part of skating is if you get injured and you're, it's your hands. Because right. then you can't skate and you can't do the other shit you would do when you're bored. You know? like Thumbs are the thing that separates us from the fucking dolphin, dude. Yeah. 
Like that's like pretty I much it. On my tailbone, I had to be on my stomach in the hospital for two weeks, but oh. I had like a Game Boy, so it was all good. You can still do something, yeah. Yeah, and I had I had a pad to write on, you know, and I was writing stuff. Damn. But if you break your <laughs> finger, man, it sucks. I I actually, yeah, man, it's crazy how much I learned to write. I started learning how to write Japanese. When I had my uh, right pinky broken, which was right really painful. Huh. So when I, really, when I first started learning, I had a broken pinky. Which You're right-handed, this, right? Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm right-handed. Right, and so it that was, means it was from fucking thing all the time. But it, was, it was from the skate park, but really it was because I punched someone in the back of the head a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> So it was it was semi skateboarding related. A bunch of times is my favorite part of that sentence. Yeah, yeah, like a lot, like more if times you, than you shouldn't be punching people in the back of the head. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty hard. Yeah, once is enough, and then a bunch of times is well. At that point, with very rare exception, like I feel like you deserve that broken pinky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he deserved it. Yeah, fair enough. There's sometimes you need to be punched in the back of the head a half a dozen times or a dozen times. Yeah, you never it's know. Long, it's a long story. Fair enough. I won't poke. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of the things I can't tell. It's just it's nothing's as exciting as the part where I punch someone in the head. So we'll just skip to that. Fair enough. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> one of the so, things I. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, man. Well, we can't both say go ahead, so I guess I'll just go. Oh, man, I... just, how's your house with the fire and all that, man? Uh, so today I actually got to go up there and check it out. I slapped uh, magnetic truck stickers on the side of my truck. from the, the We live on this ranch, and uh, I slapped on some magnetic stickers that say that it says ranch security on my truck. And I drove up there and I said, I got to go check on these horses. So they let me through uh, all the road closures. And our property, it's not my property, but the property that we live on is is okay. And for whatever reason, uh, none of the property that we live on was affected by the fire. It's surrounded by fucking ash and murdered trees and burnt grass. Um, I guess one of our neighbors, the Pridmores, they had spent a lot of time digging fire lines with their tractors and bobcats. These guys own a lot of property and they have a lot of equipment. Oh, okay. That's, a fire break can do a lot. Yeah. So I guess the Pridmores were doing that around our property uh, while everyone else was evacuated. And I think that's a big part of why we were saved. But our our house is okay. Uh, none of the other units on the property that we live on, which is humongous, have been affected thus far uh some of our direct neighbors or a mile or two down the street there's been multiple homes that have are just absolutely gone but we're so far we're okay the good news is the fire has essentially burned through our area and our stuff is all right and the property we live on is okay the bad news is what time is it now fucking 9 30 so it's 9 30 saturday my time Tomorrow, Sunday, 
through Tuesday, there's supposed to be more dry lightning storms up here. So right now we're okay. In the next couple of days, it's, you know, whatever Thor divines will survive, shall survive. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. The good it's, news is I don't we, we've been evacuated so many times that, like, we have a good procedure. You know, we have the immediately important things we have devised into two bags. And then I thought this was going to be a big one. So we grabbed clothes and some extra stuff. And, you know, it's, it's stupid shit like fucking socks and pants. And you grab as much as you think that you need. And then we've been out. We're living in a campground in a small camper. And it's like, okay, well, we don't have fucking toothpaste. Oh, okay, we don't have fucking soap. Who grabs fucking hand soap when you get evacuated from your house, you know? Who grabs you fucking don't. dog food? Yeah. Jesse might. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the the store Jesse has, has some. Dog food. Yeah. It's... Jesse might bring some dog food for himself. Human grade, dude. We, when I was living with him and we were broke, we learned pretty quick that you can just get human grade dog food which means it's safely digestible for humans. And you just buy food by the pound. Oh, yeah. Dude, ah, oh, man, I, <laughs> I don't want to tell him for him, but, like, you know the story about Jesse eating the poison dog food biscuits, right? Poison? No. I don't know the poison dog food. Oh, man, you should have him tell it someday. Jesse went into someone's garage really drunk after drinking with him at their house. And he, he went out to the garage and he ate some of their dog biscuits. And he was like, man, he went inside and told the people, like, man, your dog biscuits are delicious, trying to shock them. And uh, they were like, we don't have a dog. Like, we, those are poison for rats. <laughs> and, and Jesse was like, man, don't fuck with me. And they were like, man, we're not fucking with you. Jesse had to go to the hospital and get his stomach pumped. <laughs> You don't know about that? No. <laughs> you didn't know about that? It sounds so much like Jesse. Like, oh, those fucking dog biscuits were delicious. That was rat poison, you fucking idiot. <laughs> man, that was like right before I learned all the songs on the piano. Yeah, man. That was right before I learned <sighs> all the songs on the piano. That is man, amazing. I believe you don't know about that. Yeah, Jesse ate doy. <laughs> Jesse ate poison dog biscuits. <laughs> we don't that have is a fantastic. dog. Yeah. The best part is that is now the second time that Jesse has come, uh, been mentioned on the podcast with a hilarious story that is, and he has not been on the podcast yet. Well, I mean, that's a priority for sure. So you got to get on that sooner or yeah. later. I got to get my shit together. He's a fucking hilarious dude. Yeah. That is too fucking funny, man. Well, all you guys were, like, I don't know, like, uh, like you, your brother, Jesse, your whole family, I don't know. It was great meeting you guys, and, like, skateboarding, like, you don't even really skate, like, that, and that's how I know you. Yeah, it's fair. I know you because Tim would go to the skateboard park, and Tim wasn't even, like, really into skating, Mm -mm. but Tim would go to the skate park to hang out with people. So right. through the skate park, I know you because I didn't go to school in Benicia or anything. I just hung out there because there was a skate park in Benicia. Huh. Which is kind of nice because I don't really know anybody in Benicia that I don't have that I don't have to know. 
That is Sometimes nice. Sometimes I have the attitude that if I don't know you and Benicia, you don't really matter. <laughs> There's a lot of those people. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone I need to know, <laughs> I met through the everyone I need to know, I met through the skate park. You either skateboard or right. you know you know skateboarders. That's how I know you. And, and then, it was the tiny Taco Bell skate park. Yeah, it was the tiny Taco Bell skate park. But yeah. back then, skateboarding was different, too. It was like all the like kids who had nothing to or just not a lot of supervision. Like we weren't like being hovered over. So, yeah, that's definitely true. You know, like we we all kind of flocked together. Sure. You know, we'd go to places where we could just like be free and fuck around, which was like your house. Right. Which was a giant dilapid I I don't know, just this dilapidated mansion. That's one of the things that uh, of all of the uh issues I have with with mostly my dad raising us, the one thing well, one of the many things that I will give him credit for was he was always forcing us to go outside and explore and to build and to be creative and growing up on my, my grandpa's property. That was like, I, I was always told it was an acre, but I think it was more like two acres and like having the workshop that was full of shit. Uh, you know, he was like, well, why don't you just fucking go out there and weld something? Why don't you just fucking go out there and just use all and all of the fucking power tools and build a three-story tree fort. Or why don't you just fuck off and just do something. Be creative, you assholes. And, like, I don't think that there is a kid out there that exists, that is raised, that is just happy. I think no matter what your environment is, you go through those years where you hate your parents and you're upset and you're grumpy. And the benefit of, of my upbringing, my childhood, was we had this big piece of land. And we had you know, access to tools and whatnot. So we got to do a bunch of shit, like the fucking weird go-karts that we built and the over-torker that Tim and Jesse went through and the fucking three-story or, tree fort and the fire rag and the building fireball. A go-kart. I don't know if anyone would call it creativity, but just, I guess it is creative. I don't know. Like we, I mean, we would just pool our money together and go buy like a Subaru Brat Right. For, I mean, what were they like? A couple hundred bucks back then, you know? Yeah. And just we'd all pool our money together, just destroy it in one day trying to jump it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't know, stuff like that. And then throw it off a cliff in American Canyon and set it on fire. Right. It was it was a good childhood. <laughs> it, yeah, it really was, man. Like. Having that that liberty and having that space to, well, just tow a turd here or drag a turd here and do some things to it and then fuck off with it. Like, there was a lot of liberty given in that department. Um, and I think that, that spurred a lot of the things that I do to this day because I catch myself doing a lot of the things that I was allowed to do when I was younger. But now, like, I, I got to pay money for it. Like, I have to I pay money for a workshop. I have a little industrial right. zone. It's filled full of fucking motorcycles. And it's just my little mad scientist shop where I can weld and poke and prod and forge and do all this stupid shit. And when I look back at it, it's like those were some of the best parts of being a kid was 
being told like, hey, man, it's fucking what June through uh, August. You can't be in the house. Go outside and do shit. There happens to be a welder and hammers and saws and drills in the workshop. Just fucking get out of the house for 10 hours a day. Yeah, that plus we didn't have adults around. Like that's like that's the big thing is was having access to adult tools, but having the adults say, "Hey, fuck off and go do stuff." Right, right. Like my parents would bother me if I was inside the house. Mm-hmm. Like then they would like be making me do stuff because they didn't want me to be there. But if right. I left the house, like I was free. <laughs> and that's do awesome, man. You want. Yeah, just. You know, my dad would just be like, do whatever you want. Just don't get caught. <laughs> if you get... My mom didn't like that too much, but. Yeah, but it, there's... I don't know. It just felt, it just felt, uh, I, man, it must be crazy to be a kid today. I can't imagine. People talk about yeah. that in the ground, though. So There's less and less should, of we that, We should just talk sure. about how good ours was. <laughs> I, yeah. And on I, that yeah. note, like. I mean, I can't even remember how many cars I've gone through personally, let alone with groups of people. Like, how many kids even buy a car with a group of people anymore? Yeah. You know? I, like, And you've done that I'm multiple in... times, I'm sure. How many times I... have you gone in on money with, like, some super cheap piece of shit and just been like, let's just drive this around for, like, a couple months? I think I'm in my 20s for my cars, and... Probably three quarters of that again in motorcycles. Yeah. So I remember a few last few years of my life have been pretty good. I've been doing a decent job of living life. But it was like maybe four or five years ago. My I remember sitting down and crunching the numbers and I was at a car every six months of my life. My average yeah. car life was six months. I'm like fuck man i'm i'm at my 18th car and i'm fucking 25 like this is and i there was two years where i had no car i was just walking yeah that's so yeah i didn't drive for a long time out here i just needed a break it that's one of the things that appealed to me out here when i first came here and moved to tokyo is just like i just realized like i had been like owning cars and spending time buying and time working for insurance for cars and mm-hmm. buying insurance for cars and going to the fucking DMV and all that. And then when I moved out <laughs> to Tokyo, it was just like, oh, get on a train, go anywhere, get drunk, don't care. <laughs> so suddenly there was no reason to not drink ever. That's so beauty. Yeah, Tokyo's pretty fun in your 20s. I don't know if I'd really recommend it beyond that, but if you're if you're still where you can go out every night, man, move to Japan. Go mm. to Tokyo. I lived over <laughs> I lived uh I lived next to the red light district. Oh jeez. It's called Kabukicho. But okay. I lived in the gay section of the red light district. Over a nightclub for, for like a year. It was crazy. So it you just wild. go out and just buy all the sex you want? Yeah, you could if you want. I've still never paid for sex in my life. Interesting. I've, 
I've thought about it, but it just uh, doesn't seem worth the risks, and uh, not just not really my thing. I wouldn't yeah, hate on fair. anybody doing it. I the but, way I look uh, at it is like exactly that. Like I, you know, I have never paid for it. I've always fucked for free, but at the same time, like I don't see why it should be unlawful for someone to be a professional at fucking other people. Yeah, definitely not. Especially it. if it's like, uh, it's, it's sketchy territory because you also, ah, man, it's so sketchy. Cause you know, people are getting manipulated. Like that's luckily, the dark part. I don't have much, luckily I don't have any guilt associated with it. Cause I've never actually taken part, but sure. You you know you just hear horror stories about people being groomed to be in that sort of stuff since they were young and like I've heard you know horror stories from some of my friends out here. You know, that's, and it's yeah, like, that's the dark part. You yeah, would wish yeah, that everything that, would be like a blossoming free economy where it's like I got into this because I wanted to do this, and I'm young and I'm good looking and I wanted to make a bunch of money, and, and unfortunately that's that. not always the there, case. There yeah. is legitimately that like sure. that is totally out there. Which, which is cool, but then I think I that's super know. cool. But with money become with money comes the darkness of everything. Like whether it's government or you know the sex trade. Like if there's money involved, there will always be somebody oppressing somebody else for the exchange of money, and that's the unfortunate part. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, I live in Japan where it doesn't even get that dark. You've traveled. You've been to the parts of Asia where shit gets yeah. dark. Yeah, it gets bad. I don't and know that, that like, like that things sucks. can get things can get way dark in Asia. Like people think bad or people think things are bad in the U.S. It's like, well, they should go out to Indonesia where you can find <laughs> in the back alleys like just markets for fucking dead human meat they aren't yeah they aren't, they aren't killing people for the meat they're just so poor they have to eat the dead yeah like yeah we get, things get dark in asia i'm in this weird place right now uh and like having traveled uh it you know if you travel the world you become humbled if I also feel if you have been exceptionally broke or poor in your life, you are forced to become humble. And I am in the glorious position of having both been exceptionally broke and poor and also have traveled the world. So I have two different, you know, areas where I have become humbled. And now I'm in this point where because of COVID-19, I have lost my fucking phenomenally glorious job of my position at at the bar bottom of the fifth which was uh high paying and low hours put in and i felt like it was the culmination of my life's work everything that and I just had like you're life, yeah you're made for it you're responsible and man fun. everyone loves you it was I've so never, good I've never heard a single person say a bad word about you Ever. Well, they're out there I for hear sure. A lot of people talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> they're out there, dude. You just yeah. gotta ask some different circles. But I had a good thing going. I had fucking cut out this divine slice of life, and COVID nineteen has shut that down. So there yeah. goes there goes my income 
and there goes my cushy slice of life. And on top of that, with these fucking fires, now I'm genuinely homeless. Um, and in a, a fucking real strange twist of the dagger of fate, uh, Tim, my brother and I, we had bought this old 60s camper and we were tearing it down and rebuilding it from the fucking ground up. And some assholes has stolen it. And he stole it. Some fucking dick Wad McGillicuddy stole that shit. And we got an Where insurance check. Where did he steal it from? In Benicia, in front of my workshop uh, in Benicia. Oh, we're assuming it's a man. I'm sorry, that's sexist, ladies. You can steal shit, too. No, he's on camera. It's definitely a guy. Oh, it's, it's definitely a guy. I, I saw him. I watched him do it. It's definitely hey, a guy. Matt, you're just assuming. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a chance that it's a chick that looks exactly like a fucking broad-shouldered dude with facial hair. You're going to get uh, your podcast shut down before it ever even starts, man. Oh, God. That's my a concern. A person of unknown gender has stolen your car. A trailer. Okay. An alleged homo sapien. An alleged How's that? male. An alleged homo sapien. I'm pretty sure it was a human being. It could pretty be sure. the missing link. It could be Sam Squatch. It could be the abominable snowman. Honestly, he's wearing a hoodie and a mask, but it looked like a human male if I was to take a stab in the dark. I don't know. What am I, a fucking doctor? But they took the fucking trailer. It's gone. We got an insurance check, and we bought a newer, nicer camper with the, ins- with the insurance check. With all the fucking shit that was inside of it that was jacked when it was taken from us. And we bought a newer, nicer camper. works out like that sometimes. Every once in a while, something gets fucked up, and you're just like, ah, good. <laughs> yes. Yes and no. The good thing is we got a check, and we bought a nicer camper. The bad thing is was, like, we had a camper that was worth a few grand, and we put, you know, $10,000 worth of labor into it. Oh, yeah. You put work into it. That sucks. A phenomenal amount of work into it. Um, and, you know, they got away with a bunch of our f- – I was working on it Monday night, and I – stored a bunch of the tools that we were working on it with that night in the fucking camper and oh, that was an, they they took it six hours later when i left it they fucking took it he took how much, well how, allegedly how, he, how much how many like how much in tools a lot fuck <laughs> a lot yeah uh and it was that same thing it was like we were working on it that night and then they fucking anyways short story long we took that money we bought a nicer camper and the good news is we got the camper two or three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And now I'm fucking homeless. So I'm living in the newer camper. Tools are just one of those things. that's kind of like CDs, like your CD collection and your tools are going to get stolen like three or four times throughout your life. And you're just going to have to replace them. Right. Well, CDs are just gone now, but dude, tools, I've replaced that so many times. I mean, I don't, I don't have that problem anymore because, I mean, of course people steal shit in Japan, but not that often. Well, that's good to know. It's, you know, things are rampant out here, dude. And it's, I'd got this workshop in Benicia because I thought Benicia was a safe place. And then it was also, they had installed a new camera system and put all these new signs up. And we had chained it and locked it. And then the hitch was disassembled. And, you know, they fucking, they took this thing anyways and. It is what it is, but the good news is like, I've got a. I've got a they place probably to already knew what they were coming for. They didn't just stumble upon it. 
Oh, uh, 100%. The guy came in with a rented U-Haul truck. He pulled the front plate off. He backed in so you couldn't see the front plate and you couldn't see the rear plate. And he flipped it over by hand so he didn't have to drive past the other cameras. This was a a professional fucking job. Like, he was in and out in 15 minutes. He used bolt cutters on the chains. Like, this guy knew exactly. He had the right ball hitch. This guy knew exactly what he's doing. This is a case scenario. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just fucking stuff. We got a check. We bought a newer thing. And the, what worked out really well was now I can't live in my house. And now I'm technically homeless, but also I'm living in this little 16 foot camper. So that's cool. Yeah. Where, where are you? Where, where's the camper? Or should I not? Should I not? Give away your location. <laughs> Both of our followers. Uh, no, I'm living in Napa right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Good call. There's I a mean, little RV park. This probably knows where you are. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. You can just, if if you listen to the podcast, you probably have my fucking phone number. Uh, we're in Napa right now. And uh, the, most of the people from the ranch are here in the same Napa campground. And we're just kind of hanging out and doing our thing. And you know, it is what it is. Could be worse. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. Could be a lot worse. For sure. Fire is scary. Yeah, it's you fucked up. Some of the videos, like, of the people driving, like, people evacuating areas at the last minute and driving through walls of fire. And that is some terrifying shit, man. The problem with where we live is it's it's there's one way in. Well, there's two ways in and there's two ways out. There's 121 and there's 128. And that's why they evacuated so early on is because when those two ways get fucking engulfed in fire, like there isn't a safe way in or out. And today I got to sneak up to the property and, and check it out and kind of get a, a view of what was happening. And it's like, it's fucked, man. There's there's power poles that the first five feet of the power pole are gone. From ground to power pole is gone. And the power pole is being suspended by rickety oak limbs. And That's there's, crazy. Yeah, and there's places where there's just power line in the street. And it's, you know, it was Monday we were evacuated and then now it's Saturday. So, like, They've gone through and they've they've chainsawed most of the trees to be out of most of the road so that the fire trucks can get through. But it's like it's not safe for public access. It's there is no power. There's still live wires down on the fucking street. Like it's fucking bad, man. It's real. It's you real ma- bad. Do you maintain like a fire break around your house or like you just say fuck it? <laughs> nah. Our house isn't a traditional house. It's a unit in a plot of land surrounded by other units. Uh, but the only thing that I guess I could do was keep uh, the dead grass mowed. And, like, I do do that. I mow the little bit of grass that's around the backside of our house. And there is some gravel. And then our whole – there's about a 180-degree – bend around our house that we have turned into a garden and that's good like we have sunflowers growing on a big part of our land and then we have i have grass and then on the other part of the house we have a little greenhouse and then on the other 180 degrees is essentially gravel 
and some pavement. Um, but in our immediate area, there isn't a whole lot that we can do, but the little bit that we can do, I, I do keep up on. And the ranch has been really good about cleaning up the excess shit and cleaning up the excess trees and, and trimming and whatnot. I actually got a funny story about, uh, it's kind of long, but it's tied into another funny story. And it involves fire breaks. Like, Do it. Uh, like my whole life, you know, you know where my parents live up in the hill, you know, out, you know, near Lake Herman. Yeah, and dangerous. So, so my whole life, it's just been like, you know, my dad, my dad did it too my whole life. But, you know, it was just send me out with a fucking backpack with the gallons on it and spray Roundup everywhere, you know, Ooh. like just kill everything dead. Like, way out to the... So, I've just been spraying Roundup my whole life, you know, and along the roads and stuff like that to maintain a lot of Roundup spraying. You know how big that whole top of that hill is. Yeah, plus the Roundup thing is is riddled with cancer lawsuits. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get to this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because I'm kind of scared now. All right. You fucking should be. so, So, I did that. Like, I've been spraying Roundup my whole life because of my dad's. Just get out there and make a fire break. You know, kill everything that's not a tree close to the house. And um, so, like, about four months ago, I almost died from the hiccups. Okay. Okay. I, uh, it was, you know, we're quarantined. We're bored as shit. They sell codeine cough syrup over the counter in Japan. The good stuff. With amphetamines in it, if you want it. Damn, so son. I got like three bottles of wine and a bottle of that. And I, I you know, I, I drank all the wine, ate a bunch of food, coating cough syrup and amphetamines. And then I have amphetamines in me and there's caffeine in it because it's supposed to be like a cough syrup. So I have a bunch of caffeine and amphetamines in me so I can't sleep. So I decided to go. So I stay up all night, go skateboarding with a stomach full of alcohol and food and other garbage (laughs) and come home, take a hot bath, go to sleep. And they say uh, hiccups can be caused by stress. Well, I woke up and I already had this concoction in me. And what set it off was uh, I heard my mother-in-law come over. And I heard her voice, and that was just like stress. And just right there, like, I started having hiccups. And they didn't go away. They lasted for like two days. And it started getting like really hard to breathe because my, my chest muscles were getting so weak. And finally, I just tapped out, and I told my wife, like, you got to call the ambulance. You know, and so it wasn't it wasn't two days. It was like a day and a half later. It's a long and fucking time. Anything more than an hour they, is a long time. Yeah. And it, yeah, it had been it had been a day and a half. Well, they lasted for four days. Fuck. But um, I was like a day and a half into it. And they and they didn't let up. And uh, <laughs> the do- when I went in to get um. They did, you know, they ran a bunch of tests on me because it's first they gave me a COVID test right up the nose. I don't know if you've had one of those. Have you had one? Yeah, I've had like 10. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, I got a bunch done while I was working to make sure I didn't have it. 
Oh, the one straight up the nose? Yeah, and then I got it. They really dig for you more than flu. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. They well anyway. So they did that, you know, and they ran a bunch of tests on me and which was funny because they were like, You're drunk like you're drunk right now and I was like, What? Like, how, how am I still like drunk? Like what, what the fuck? And the doctor You don't have was COVID, like, but you're fucking wasted, man. The doctor was like, Man, honestly, you've got a lot of shit in your body right now and I was like I was like, I I know, man, like, but it's, it's really like this. I don't know. I didn't know it. I was just like, yeah, all right. But they, then after like, uh, he gave me like a muscle relaxant to calm the hiccups down right then, but okay. they ran a bunch of other tests on me and he came back to me and I forget what the name of the chemical is, but he's like, man, you got a buildup of this chemical in your body. And I was like, oh, really? What the fuck is that? And I forget what it's called, but I looked it up online and it was just like main ingredient of Roundup. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, that sucks. And then to make things even worse, then I got home from the hospital and the hiccups continued. But I'd had like a rest because they gave me the muscle relaxant. Mm -hmm. So I was finally able to sleep for the first time in two days. You can't really sleep when you got the hiccups. And uh, I figured out that uh, your hiccups, by doing research online, figured out that your hiccups are attached to something called your, I could be getting this totally wrong, but this were, they're attached to something called your vagus nerve, which goes to like 12 points in your body. But to make a long story short, the vagus nerve also goes to your butthole. So the only way I could make myself stop hiccuping was if my wife put a fucking plastic glove on and just like jammed her fingers up my ass. And and like she'd have to sit there for like two minutes with just her fucking fingers in my butt. And then like finally like I'd stop hiccuping and be like, oh, thank you, honey. And like, and then, you know, like then the sh- and then the shame comes and you're like, oh, fuck, like, I'm so, like, you're so, I'm so sorry. But then, like, two, you know, then you get the hiccups again and it, they start coming and, like, <laughs> like two hours later, like, you're just like, oh, God, I'm so sorry, but can you stick your fingers up my buddy? So, I, <laughs> that's amazing. I owe my wife a lot for that one. <laughs> that's she basically spent two days sticking her finger up my butt, so I stopped having the hiccups. Oh, and, and it was basically my fault. I had the hiccups in the first place. Like you did you know, this. Like, you like, did this. This is like coming off a bender, <laughs> which, like, of course, my wife's already like, oh, idiot. you know, like this fucking idiot did this to himself again and then i give myself the hiccups and she's like oh god look what this fucking morons caused and then i have to be like oh god can you stick your fingers up my butt please <laughs> so- <laughs> i'm just lucky she's japanese you know, I'm not japanese. You know she's got the- <laughs> she's got really nervous she could probably get a whole fist up there if she wanted oh, to oh fuck me uh, you better kill me, Doug. Uh... <laughs> no, but I am dude, so, lucky. She's got she's got small hands, slender fingers. So I'm gonna just drop my two cents on you. You've uh... 
you <clears throat> I'm okay. Try not to laugh <laughs> at your mis but it's not possible. You've already taken on the Japanese culture of like you had something that was seriously wrong with you and you were potentially in a fatal instance and yet you had shouldered that virgin burden as if it was your own doing. <laughs> the, re- the reality is you fucking sprayed a lifetime worth of Roundup and it should have killed you and it didn't, but it likely has manifested in this hiccup fest, right? No, they just kind of found that as an accident. I think because of the COVID thing, they're just testing. It was kind of just like a, by the way, on an unrelated note, you got a bunch of this in you. Yeah, you have a bunch of this Roundup shit in you. Yeah. Which is very likely to cause this side effect, which happened for you to be hiccuping. You happen yeah, to circumnavigate yeah. the, the whatever said nerve, which is if you shove your finger in my butt, I can actually fucking take a nap and sleep. But you blamed the fact that you blamed yourself for you having a symptom and have found a workaround seems to me seems very Japanese because if I, I break it down when you, simply when you drink three bottles of wine and take some codeine and amphetamines, it's kind of your own fault too. <laughs> yeah. But if there you can't no... fucking sleep for two days, man, if I can't sleep for 18 hours, like I'm done, I'm roasted. That's it. Yeah. But you're, you no, blaming for... yourself seems very different than what I would perceive the normal to be. I had a weird sleep schedule up until... Uh, you still have a weird I'm sleep just, schedule. I'm just getting too old for it. For years, I've been awake for 48 hours and then I sleep. Hmm. That's very even, strange. Even when I worked jobs. Like I would work, stay up all night, work, and then come home and sleep. I never... Is... I have a really hard time getting used to a 24-hour cycle. Hmm. That is no definitely strange. How, like, I can work, like, no matter how much I work out, skateboard, make myself tired, my body wants to be awake for about 36 to 48 hours on its own. Huh. Uh, yeah, I've never had a normal... I did that at school grow, growing up. I would go to school, play video games, read all night, go to school the next day, then sleep one day. That's how I've always been. That's very interesting. It's weird because I'm both things. I'm a night owl that wakes up early. (laughs) That's very strange. I'm fucking not a morning guy. It can't can't be healthy for you. I've, I've been forcing myself to... I've been forcing myself to get it down, but the best I can get it down to is about like, it seems like a 30, 36 hour cycle. Where, plus, I'm just the type of person when I have something on my mind I want to do. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't fix up cars and motorcycles and stuff like you. But if I did, like, if I wanted to do something and I had it on my, like, there's just no way I'm sleeping. There's no way. My brain doesn't allow it. Like, if I, I like to write a lot. Like, if I want to write something, I ain't sleeping damn it's it's just not happening my brain is not going to shut off well i'm glad i don't have that and i almost well and i almost like getting to that like sleep deprived state for like uh especially for creative stuff like writing or you know making like you know because of the writing i help i help people 
with other stuff involved with writing, like make videos and stuff like that for different platforms. And it's just, uh, it's, it's all, it's almost kind of like how being getting drunk or something like when you, when you sleep less, you lose your inhibitions. Sure. So it's easier. Like you, you can just keep writing without second guessing yourself for a long period of time. Oh, it's totally yeah. fair. I remember being a kid and, and just staying up late with a couple of buddies of mine and just like there gets that that hour where just everything is hilarious and you guys just get goofy and you're just talking about nothing and being stupid. And then like as an adult, um, I'm trying to get better about writing, but I'm really bad at it. And I, I have to be like, usually I have to have a couple of beers in me and it has to be very late at night. Yeah, and and then I have my friend uh, Bill, who I actually did my one of my first podcasts with. He was, you know, him and I have been talking back and forth consistently for a long time. But he's kind of a similar creature where he has to be. It needs to be late at night, and he, he usually has to have a couple of cocktails in him, and then he gets real creative, and then he gets real fluent with his, you know, his poetry and his words and whatnot. And I think there is kind of like a natural high that comes to comes with like not necessarily sleep deprivation, but like, like you said, like when you've been awake for so long, you get exhausted and you start to strip away your inhibitions. Right. And I think that you can accelerate that with, uh, with a substance, whether it's booze or, or weed or something else like. Yeah. Booze, weed, no sleep. Just like, as long as it takes away your inhibitions. Right. I, I wake up from my sleep and write a lot. Huh. Which all I also sleep <clears throat> a lot, so it's always debatable whether I'm like half a sleeper, you know. But I I wake up and write in the middle of the night all the time. I I, I like uh, it. Really does just take away your inhibitions. You don't yeah. second guess your writing. I get my best stuff either late at night when I'm sauced or early in the day before I've had food. And before I eat in the day is just an awful, terrible, dark place for me mentally. Like I don't, I don't like myself. I don't like my girlfriend that I love. I don't like my dog. I don't like streets. I don't like the sky. I don't like the sun. Before I eat first meal in the day, I'm a fucking grumpy asshole. But sometimes I can catch myself and I can write something really beautiful and meaningful. And I, it might be tapping into that same sort of thing as early morning sort of stuff where before I have nutrients, before I'm firing on all cylinders, you, you kind of tap into that strangeness or openness. Yeah, some, some strangeness too, not just openness, like something something weird, some weird emotion that's coming from you from somewhere. You don't know why. I, I right. read that stuff you wrote, the article you wrote. You wrote a couple. Do you write one or two articles? Uh. I'm trying to write more, but I've, you're talking about the, the thing on the Geek Unhinged? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, well, uh, yes, is the answer. <laughs> yeah. I thought you did really good with that, man. I really liked it. Yeah, that, that was a neat culmination of, of many uh, aspects of, of my capabilities. And uh, my buddy Johnny at Geek Unhinged was had asked me to write some things and I was really, really grateful for the opportunity, and unfortunately, I cannot consistently write things that I think are meaningful, and 
I think when I get to that place, I, I can transcribe emotion into words. But for me, it's so difficult to be in the right mindset and the right mentality to feel a thing and then also be able to put it into written word. I would like to do more for the guy, but I, yeah. I'm, it's just really so difficult. I thought I thought you did a really good job with it. I like the. I appreciate whole that. Yeah, it's probably everyone should just go check out what Matt wrote. To to. <laughs> yeah, Geek Unhinged. But, He's a good dude, and he writes cool stuff. and And he asked me to write for him. I just wish I could write more, but I can't. So, but 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 when when I read what you wrote, like I got the feeling that you had been writing before, barely. Like, you write barely. That's weird. Because it was good. It was a really good article. Thank you, man. I do appreciate that. And I, I know now, because I'm 30-something, I know that if, if the stars align and I'm able to pen into words what I feel, then I can, I can produce an impactful and meaningful statement. And I've had a few moments like that. Uh, it's, I have so little control of when those, those times strike me or when those times strike me yeah. and I can actually iterate it. You gotta uh, have, you gotta always, well, for me, okay. It's different for everybody. You gotta always have notes, Matt. You gotta <laughs> have a way to take notes immediately, like wherever you are. And like I keep a notepad, but my first go-to is just the notes in my iPhone, right? Like, because wherever I am, if I think of something, I can just be like, "Oh, store that in the iPhone," and then you can come back to it whenever you want. You know, like if you're if yeah. you're like feeling a certain emotion and you're looking at something, you're not gonna remember it later, and let if you if you don't write it down immediately, like you you think like, "Oh, I can come back to this." No. Or at least not for me. I don't. I don't have as much memory sure. left as a lot of people. But I, don't I think. Know. I think for me, my biggest problem is, I generally am very, uh, like content. Like I know that my life is good because I know that my life has been so much worse. And I need to feel a strong emotion. And when I feel a strong emotion, that's when I can iterate a powerful feeling. And that's when I can try and uh, translate that into the word to make somebody else feel a strong feeling. Problem is, my life is so consistently awesome now that it's very difficult for me to, to draw upon those powers and those feelings. Like, I'm happy, dude. I'm not broke. I eat food every fucking day. Like, I'm evicted and I'm homeless right now. And I'm jobless, but like things are going good, dude. I have been in a home, a brick and mortar house, working three jobs, and my life has been worse than it is right now. But like, there's just too many good things happening for me right now for me to try and draw upon that that darkness or that that uh, elated emotion. Like, yeah, I don't know. My life yeah. is too good. I mean, the dark the darkness thing is sort of cliche, but it's true. Like. If you get com- if you get too comfortable, I mean, I I think with a lot of things, not just writing, it's it's hard to be productive. You know, sure. it's like it's discomfort and wanting more that pushes you to do things a lot. 
And if you're yeah. not wanting more at the moment, then it's it's hard it's hard to push yourself to do like if you if you don't want something more at the moment, then why would you why push yourself to do it? Right. It's funny you say that because in, in my last podcast with Calvin, like he was talking about glass half full and glass half empty. And when one of the points that I'd made was like, if you have a glass that is at 50 percent capacity, best case scenario is be grateful for your 50 percent, but you should want to aspire to fill it. Yeah. I'm and I think that's a, the best place to be, <laughs> but it's it's very hard to I don't know articulate that. Like I'm, you know, right now I'm jobless and I'm homeless. However, my life is fu- my life fucking rips, dude. Like things are going good for me, and I have to take time and separate myself from what's going on to really try and I've been kind of sitting around and mulling over a couple of thoughts, like try and transcribe where I'm at mentally right now. Uh, Cause I think there are some powerful feelings that I may be able to throw out there and, and have meaning and find my words, but it's, it's tough because like, yeah, dude, I've kicked out of my fucking house and I haven't been able to work in my glorious, fantastic job that I spent my whole life working towards. For months. However, I've got a fucking wonderful dog. He's almost nine years old. He's trained perfectly well. I got this tiny little camper that thank the fucking stars I just got a few weeks ago. I'm living with a beautiful fucking woman that I love and I absolutely enjoy hanging out with all the time. I got a truck. I got fucking boots. I got socks. I eat every day. Like so I'm I'm not a middle ground kind of dude. I don't like being in the middle. And if, hey, well, maybe you'll get lucky and the depression will kick in soon, you know? You never, <laughs> fuck keep yeah! Up, keep it. Drop this economy! You Everybody know, will be fucked, I don't know. Just one day you'll wake up and you'll just be like, I hate myself and start crying and then yes. you can... And then I write. can write some words for people. That's what I need is my life needs to get turned to shit. You can just be like <laughs> a horrible person. Everything I've ever yep. done was a mistake. Yeah, I got too many good things going on for me. Where's the goddamn notepad? (laughs) I don't need an income. I don't need a house. Things are going too good. But anyways. Not many people got to grow up in a... Man, you grew up in like a haunted mansion. Yeah, it was really an interesting place to grow up in. It really, really was. And I... I remember moving into it when I was six, uh, when my grandma died, and moving out when I was 15, I think. And that was, you know, 15. I think I was 15 because when I was 16, I was in Germany, and that's when my grandpa died. And uh, that we were not living in that house by then. So, yeah, probably six to 15, I want to say. Dude, that's crazy. I like I yeah, I mean I don't even know what it would be like to grow up in a house like that. I don't e- I mean you you would have to describe your house too because like to me it's just a haunted mansion, but there's like history. <laughs> behind, right? Yeah, it was it was the St. Augustine's College site, which was a a military college in the I'm not a fucking doctor, 18 or early 1900s. Um, and there was multiple building buildings on the property 
and what it was reduced to was one one building of the many buildings and that building was cut in a parcel of property and my i guess my grandparents Harold and Audrey they bought that property with that one building and that was their house and they raised my my mom and her siblings in that house and my mom bought her house on down the street on East 8th Street. And then when I was six, my grandma died. And we moved in with my grandpa. We lived in that fucking whatever it was. It was not designed to be a house, but it turned into a six-bedroom house with a dining room and a living room and a kitchen and a bonus room and three bathrooms and no foundation and this seven. 1800s or 1700s building was the thing they grew up on and it was what I was always told was that it was one acre of property but I think it's got to be two two acres of property with a bamboo forest and all this crazy shit and uh, in in the heart of Benicia so I could walk to the ice cream store I could walk to the burger joint it was a fucking fantastic place to yeah, grow up it was like that because that little bamboo forest like you would yeah. go through gates and you're in the middle of Benicia like you're literally within walking distance of anything and And then we would saw off some bamboo fucking shoots and then we'd turn them into swords and we'd beat the shit out of each other and then we'd get we had the fucking goats in the goat house we had a rope swing and then what was the the story uh, man what exactly happened like who did it uh, when they were doing construction on some building behind your house Okay, and <laughs> somebody got into the fucking the caterpillar and fucking anni- annihilated everything. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, the story goes. So allegedly. says the I book of Aesop's fables. Every, everything is alleged because it's recorded. Allegedly, there was a church that was right we shared a fence with. And the church had a decent yeah, side of property. Yeah. yeah. Allegedly... The church was trying to level a large amount of real estate with a bobcat or tractor or caterpillar, whatever this said piece of industrial equipment was. Allegedly, my brother may or may not have found out that you can start these tractors with a popsicle stick. Literally, <laughs> what it was a oh, fucking a cheese spreader for a handy snack, that plastic thing. You just turn it in, turn it right, and allegedly, these things would start right up. Well, Said or not said, brother allegedly did such acts and uh, took this thing for a spin at the age of 15 or 16 and tried to move more dirt than what this equipment was rated for and (laughs) ripped the tracks off of the bobcat or had uh, spun a spindle or in some way, shape or form had ruined this piece of equipment. And then this was must have been in the heart of winter because when they keyed it off, and then ran away from the equipment, there was mud boot tracks that led directly to our fence, directly that to our was, gate. was boot tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like two days later, they came across and were like, hey, you fucking broke our bobcat, and then ran home. Duh, we followed the fucking boot tracks. And so, yeah, so that was the thing. Oh, and I forgot right where you would go through those boot, where the boot tracks would go, you had the trampoline. I forgot yes. about the yeah. trampoline. Past the trampoline, past the uh, aloe vera or the the century plants. There was a little a little swing gate that went to the church property. And then, yeah. allegedly, 
uh, for the next five years, every time our boxer Kylo killed a possum or a raccoon or a skunk, and my dad said, you have to take that corpse and bury it, because that's what we do, we would pick it up with a pitchfork and we would throw it across the fence into the church's lot, and they would deal with it. Oh, yeah, and then... (laughs) Allegedly. That brings me to... Okay, and so allegedly... Yeah, your dad didn't like the dead animal. Or, yeah, I mean, your dad was a connoisseur of what to do with dead animals. Sure. And, and uh, dude, he would just give us dead animals and be like, get rid of this to me and Tim. Like, yeah. just like, like, just your me and Tim would show up and your dad would be like, here's a fucking, I forgot about that. He'd be like, here's a, here's a dead possum. Like, <laughs> go, go like get it out of here and we're like dispose of this you're fucking 16 (laughs) yeah yeah. and i can remember allegedly one time me and tim may have taken a dead possum and used a shovel as a catapult to launch it and then allegedly another time i forget the kid's name but our plan was to take a dead possum and throw it. Tim was supposed to run into Taco Bell, and and he was gonna throw it over the counter. <laughs> and uh, Tim ran into Taco Bell, and he comes he comes running back out, and like he's like go go go, and we had that purple Nissan truck I had at the time, and we're, and we're leaving in that purple Nissan, and we're like Tim, what happened inside, you know? And he's like, you'll never believe it. He's like, I was going to throw it over the counter and I turn and there was this kid sitting there eating lunch that I have hated my entire life. And this kid was eating his just eating at Taco Bell. Tim walks in with a dead possum and just (laughs) tosses a dead possum straight at this kid. (laughs) Nails it. Just nails a dead possum. (laughs) <laughs> oh, dude, we were so fucked up when we were young. Being free was fun. But no adults was fun. Yeah, there was the of Lord of the Flies aspect to that that is entertaining and terrible. What's the age in California now? For what? Driver's license. I mean, sixteen years old, and we were yeah. free. Gone. Yeah, I think I think it's still the same. No, they raised it. I don't know, I, man. You can get I, your learner's permit at sixteen. I think it's 18. Let me look it up right now. I don't fucking know. I'm old, dude. I'm fucking past the curve. I yeah, was all yeah, juiced yeah. and excited the when... Licenses you're checking. That was 24 when they, they changed the age of smoking to 21. I was fucking past the curve, so I don't give a shit. Yeah. But, yeah, all, all that and then some, man. That fucking boxer we had was a murder machine. It would leave corpses on our doorstep every day. And it was like... I don't know. Well, we maybe I may have buried two animals before I decided it was way easier to just throw it over the fence than it was to actually dig a hole and bury a corpse. Yeah, <laughs> Me and a little more creepy. Yeah, I remember catapulting many corpses at the church parking lot or the church real estate. I swear to God, I can remember your dad cooking a squirrel on the grill. Hundred percent. Okay. Automatic. Okay. That's not my like, dude. I remember like the, I remember the good stuff. Your dad knew what <laughs> the good stuff. My dad was like a a 
a victim of the Great Depression 40 years later. Like, he never forgot all of the lessons of the Great Depression. Like, yeah, squirrels got meat. Yeah, you can eat possum. Sure, you can eat skunk. He he kept all of that and, and kept it true to himself, but it wasn't necessary. Man, <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> I worked for your dad for like a week. Did you know that? <laughs> a, a week. That's, yeah. That sounds about right. I lasted a week. I I worked with some Mexican dude. I forget what his name was, but I Probably was like, Eddie. Why, I asked him like, why are you working here? And he was like, because he doesn't drug test me. Eddie. That's probably Eddie. Eddie. Yeah, it was Eddie. Eduardo, dude. That fucking guy is tough as nails. Yeah, yeah. Me and him were... Uh, lifting concrete up or something yeah we were building chimneys and shit <laughs> i dropped your dad's tool belt down in the chimney the second we'd completed it oh jesus <laughs> so my fucking pops's famous line is you know he's a stonemason he needs mud he needs mud mud is cement but he always fucking says more mud reuben more mud reuben i need more mud reuben more mud reuben and he give called me a Melanie, bring me a Zima. <laughs> Fucking Zimas. He called me Ruben. He called Tim Ruben. He called Pat Ruben. He called every fucking friend to ever got a job Ruben. To this day, I don't know who the fuck Ruben is. That's weird. I, he never called me Ruben, or at least I didn't. I didn't remember. You son of a bitch. You yeah, didn't last. Didn't. You didn't last long enough to get called Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> I only stayed like a week and I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. Yeah, this is horrible work. It's incredibly dangerous. It's physically exhausting. I burn 7,000 calories a day. Yeah, I don't know. I was used to that. There was just something about it. Like, uh, I was used to working on houses and like grunt labor and stuff like that from just that. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's intense. For all sorts of grunt jobs, but. Um, there was something. There was something just super shitty. I think it was the sun, like because mm. when you're working on roofs and shit, right. that's awful. Like, uh, give me some grunt labor where I can at least lay in the shade every once in a while. Yeah, the work is tough, and then working with my dad is tough. There's a whole different can of worms. Dude, he was chill to me. He was pretty nice about me dropping the tool belt down the chimney. I thought I was gonna really. I dude, I thought he was gonna give me some shit for that, but he was really nice about it. Well, that's probably because you only worked with him for a fucking week, man. Because I, I have very few stories of people working with him that said he was nice. He's a tough fucking bastard. Yeah, well, so is my dad. So maybe I was used to it. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. My dad doesn't really have much patience for people doing things the wrong way. So maybe Fair that enough. was, Maybe that was just normal to me. You got the head start. So, like, yeah. But hey, man, we're already at, uh, you know, almost an hour and a half. So, yeah, uh, I... let's wrap this up, dude. For sure, man. It's good to talk to you. Absolutely, you as well. And we should talk outside of the podcast. I'm, I'm absolutely down to do that. But uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you doing this. And uh, yeah, for sure. QWE or Spizo? <laughs> I don't even know what to fuck. <laughs> I don't even know what to call you, man. Spencer Sly. Yeah. That's your real that's... name. I don't know if you're hiding. I can cut that out if you want. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not in hiding. <laughs>
not in hiding from you. Any, yeah, every everyone who know everyone knows who I am. Who knows who you are? Pretty much all five of the listeners, or not anymore. I've been gone. I forget. I've been I've been gone for over a decade. I forget that. Why? I know that I've asked you this before and you've answered it, but why did you decide to just fuck off to California and go to Japan? It was just a vacation. I was doing that crime scene cleaning job. Oh, yes. Clean up the fucking guts off the BART train. Yeah, yeah. Not, not well, uh, more Amtrak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, duh. <laughs> I asked train jobs a lot because you could really fake those and no one wanted to go near them. Um, yeah, I was cleaning crime scenes like murders, suicides, and industrial accidents, which I have a shit ton of stories from for mm-hmm. like uh, a couple years, and it was really well paid. It was like a new industry at the time, and it probably still is high paying because turnover is really high. No one, yeah, because it's fucking gross. No one wants to do it, so I stacked up a bunch of money, and then. Uh, I just decided I wanted to go on vacation somewhere foreign. I wasn't like, I'm not like, I wasn't like a Japan. A lot of people who move here are really into Japan. Like they watch anime or something, or they love Japanese culture or something like that. I didn't have any of that. Hmm. I just looked up on the internet, like someplace that was really foreign and safe so I could go alone. And looked at Japan and it was like, oh, it's really different. But also they like baseball and beer and they have <laughs> skateboarders. I mean, the whole world likes beer, but like, it, you know, it was there. There's no like open container laws. I don't know. Like, it's weird because hmm. you're in a first world country, but we can just be walking around the mall with tall cans, which that's awesome. That's probably more the norm for most of the world is you shouldn't do sure. it, but no like arrest you for it but if you do that in america you get um right man you can't walk around the mall with a tall can nah which is kind of dumb because you kind of need a tall can to walk around the mall i absolutely agree but yeah it was just a vacation it was i just i got an i rented an apartment in tokyo for the maximum a tourist visa could be was three months so I rented an apartment for three months in Tokyo and then I came out here and then I wasn't out of money yet. So I was like, <laughs> how can I stay longer? And they were like, oh, you know, just leave and come right back and they'll just renew your tourist visa for another three months. And I was like, really? So I just extended the thing on the apartment. And then <laughs> after doing that a couple times, it was like, okay, how can I extend this longer? And it was, oh, if you give 7,000, if you pay $7,000, you get two years of Japanese language school and a visa and for two years and a, and a work permit. And you're going to school, but it's just language school, which you need if you want to stay here. Right. And, um, well, you don't need it, but your life's going to suck. Sure. And, um, and yeah, I just kept extending it until I met my wife and then I got married and then I, and after, by then I'd been out here so long that it was just, it was starting to become normal to me. Right. 
and now it's just normal. And I, I consider, I consider coming back. Like I always really romanticize coming back in my mind. Like I'm like, ah, I can come back and do all these things. And like the, like, especially the people I miss, like you and just a lot of people back home, you know, Mm. like I, you know, you think, oh, I want to go back and, but then I come home and I'm like $20 for a sandwich. What the fuck? <laughs> I, you know, I go to the doc, like I come back, you know, and I haven't been in the U S for a while and I make a, an appointment to go see the doctor and, you know, and cause I, I had some skin problem I wanted fixed up, not an STD, just skin problem. Hmm. And, uh, like, the doctor's just like, you live in Japan. Why the fuck are you coming here and paying money? And I right. was like, he literally said that. My doctor wow. said, fuck me. He was like, what the fuck are you doing coming in here paying? And I was just like, uh, I, I don't know. I thought I'd get another opinion. And he was just like, don't be a dumbass. Go back to Japan. <laughs> Why don't you leave here? Get the shit taken care of. <laughs> like, apparently. Apparently, like, while he'd done some of his training, he'd lived in Japan for, like, wow. a year or so. And he, he was just like, like, why are you spending your money? Because a doctor's appointment here is, you know, five ten dollars max. Wow, and that's crazy. You can, like, Japanese people go to the doctor for anything cold. And, like, they're, it's, it's, the trade-offs are 50-50. Hmm. You know. What is the trade-off? Trade-offs, no Mexican food at all. They have everything else, but no Mexican food. My friends aren't out here. Uh, That's not a 50-50. Yeah. It's, like, I uh, love Mexican food, and I have a handful of friends, but, like, I don't know that that's 50-50. For me, I've five or six years, I've been rolling the dice. I'm on the don't get hurt plan. I literally drive past billboards, and they say, don't get hurt is not a healthcare program. And I think that's literally my healthcare program is don't get hurt. Yeah, for sure. Like if I eat shit, it's yeah, it's 30 years of repayment. Best case scenario. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I can still skateboard it. Thir- like, like we said, I can no still skateboard way. it because I can cover it. Like nope. there's no way to do that. You can't, you can't break a wrist. I grabbed my skateboard maybe two months ago, and all four of the fucking wheels were seized. It's been stored inside for years. Uh, all four of the wheels were seized because that's how long it's been since I skated. And then I thought, maybe I'm going to try and skate. And then I thought, no, I can't get hurt. Yeah. That was it. A, a, I mean, a big trade-off is like, man, it's like it's it's mentally taxing to try and speak Japanese. Like, sure. I mean... It, it's just, uh, it's going to take it out of you. And then there's just those times when, like, you know what you want to say and you understand what everyone else is saying, but you're just like, fuck, there's no way I'm going to be able to make myself understood. Right. Like, so that that's super mentally, ta- like, I mean, it's not like being put in the gulag or anything in Russia. <laughs> you know, it, it's not it, like it's breaking tough. your arm and paying it off for 25 years. Yeah, like I don't know. It can be it can be super embarrassing when you right. go somewhere 
have to ask someone to repeat something like five times because it's something you've never heard before. Hmm. I don't know. There's lots of lots of driving is super expensive out here. Really? If you want to drive anywhere, the highway tolls. And huh. that didn't that didn't matter until COVID. Like it like that was fine. Get on a train, go wherever I want. But now I don't want to go near a train. Right. If if possible. And so now now as of this year, if I want to go somewhere I have to drive and finally I'm like, oh shit, like finally like putting a dent in my pocket because i've never been forced to drive like driving has always just been like kind of like a side option for me Hmm. and now i have to drive interesting there's trade-offs yeah that's fair nowhere's perfect it's all you know pros and cons but yeah anyways we're at we're at i'm at 92 minutes I think is the longest we've gone so far so I gotta I'm gonna cut it off but I appreciate this and I appreciate you talking to me man for sure man it's good to talk to you yeah you too let's stay in touch and let's do this outside of the podcast yeah 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 I'll uh keep up with you soon yeah let's do it all right Matt all right man I'll catch you later all right hey thank you for doing this man I appreciate it oh no man it's a pleasure it's Good to talk to you. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.